This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit bbqguru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at tastylicksbbq.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by Green Mountain Grills. Discover something you'll really, really love, grilling with pellets. Green Mountain Pellet Grills are the top of the line, best of the best, but not the highest in price. And be sure to check out all of their flavor rubs, sauces, and pellets for the Green Mountain Grill all on their website. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to peruse the entire product's portfolio. And buy Barbecuer's Delight Wood Pellets. Two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that perfect combination of BTU burn and sweet, succulent smoke you're looking to get all over your meat. A wide variety of flavors, so please go to the website to check it out and get yours today. Barbecuer's Delight, which is bbqrsdelight.com. Hi, this is Larry Wolf of Wolf Rub Barbecue Seasonings, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Joe B's is only $99 for a big six-month supply with free shipping, and you get a seventh month free. That's less than 50 cents a day for energy and to feel great. Go to JoeBees.com. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure you say whatever? We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Just inducted our newest class to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. 
you want to get in touch with the show, you can do it one of two ways, 877-448-0433. You can also email the show if you want to, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Those are your two ways to get in touch with me. If you did not, uh, everything else about the show can be found at the website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Here's what's happening tonight on the show, coming up in about 13 minutes from now. A regular contributor to the show. Everybody loves him. Some people don't like him that much. The majority of people like him. He is the proprietor, owner, creator of AmazingRibs.com. Meathead will be joining us. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff, primarily on Prime Rib tonight. So pay attention. Two segments with the Meathead, as is always the case with the Meathead. Then we move to the second hour, where we reload... Somebody who has been on, well, a company that has been on the show, uh, this guy has not been on the show before, but his partner has, his partner George Shore, uh, tonight is going to find Victor Hugo of Pitmaker making his first appearance in the radio jungle. And 35 past the hour, better known as the bullpen segment, Chris Lilly from Big Bob Gibson's is going to be talking about the King of the Smokers contest that took place this past weekend. Chris won that. This was an event that took place in La Quinta, California. Invitation only, so we're going to get the recap, uh, what the event was about, uh, what he thought of it since it's a first-time event, if there's going to be potential to, to carry this thing on, at least in his estimation. And uh, that was put on by Big Papa Smokers and, of course, the Sterling Ball. So uh, from all accounts, well-received, uh, well put on, over and above, met all and exceeded all expectations. So excited to always talk to Chris Lilly. And, you know, he won the Bare Bones Barbecue Competition like a month or so uh, as well. So, you know, Chris, in, in reference to whatever these terms of traditional or old school barbecue are nowadays, might be one of the top cooks in the industry as it gets to that. All right, last week, I got a lot of email after the show saying they thought that uh, the martini segment was great. Learned a lot. Didn't know about vermouth freezing on the ice as a proper way to get the right amount of liquid. Uh, all that great stuff. And it's probably something that we aren't going to be doing all the time, I would say. But, you know, who am I to uh, sit here and say uh, I'm not going to give people what they want? That's not me. I'm not that guy. So I don't have a huge, vast array of drinks, but uh, I know when it's cocktail time. It's cocktail time. Let's go ahead and adjourn, if we will, to the drink cellar. I call it a kitchen. All right. I'm going to make my way out. Nobody can see me right now, but they can hear me. Pardon me. All right. Now we're back into the drink cellar. Uh, tonight it's all about margarita. Now you might be thinking to yourself, it's a summer drink. You can only drink when it's hot out. It's not refreshing right now when it's 30 degrees outside. Hogwash. You drink what you want to drink. I'll drink what I want to drink. And tonight, it's uh, margaritas. Uh, mostly because this is something that I also know how to make. So, you know, take it or leave it. Uh, main ingredients for tonight. Uh, I find a exceptionally average bottle of tequila gets the job done. A steel shaker. This is the same one we used last week for the martini. Although we will be shaking tonight. And that, I'm getting out of camera here, I know. Very poor. 
Margaritaville Margaritavix. Oh my. Uh, is it lazy for somebody to use Margaritaville Margarita Mix? Mm, I don't know about that. Uh, I've done the lime juice triple sec combination. It's very good. Uh, but if I'm being lazy here, then I guess this is a, a good way to be lazy. And uh, I don't use the high dollar tequila that you can get like Patron or Cabo Waba or the, the 48 to 50 to 60 to 70 dollars a bottle. Because uh, I think if you're spending that kind of money on a liquor, you want to put it over ice or drink it neat and really enjoy it for what it is. You don't want to put it a wash or a mix or something. Um, so you're losing the flavor. Like high dollar gin and a wash. Um, that's just my opinion. So, horrifically average bottle is uh, pretty much all you need, in my estimation. So we're going to take this, we're going to fill it up with a lot of ice. You won't see me here, but that's alright. You'll hear it. We're going all the way to the top, baby. Mm. Yes, sir. And then we will take the Jose Cuervo Gold. Um, I do have a stop top here, so we'll do three of these. It's an ounce and a half. Uh, for those math majors, that's four and one half ounces of your horrifically average tequila. And if you're feeling a little froggy, maybe just a little more. We'll go ahead and give this a little shake, make sure everything is blended together well. Pardon the reach, and then I do like, oh, oh that's not going to work, all right. So we'll just do a free pour. Um, I'm going like probably two parts of this. Two, three, four, okay. And now, uh, excuse me, miss, could you uh, retire this back to the refrigerator, please? Please, thank you. And now, like we didn't do last week, we shake tonight. Oh yeah. Okay, very big shake here. Excuse me, miss, could you grab this uh, cup for me, miss? You want to give it a good solid shake. Again, we're looking for frost on the... Just the you can just set it there. Say hi to the camera. Now we are nice and frosty. We can look again. We can see there's a nice uh, frost pattern right there. Now, uh, we do not strain. I'm going to take this up. If you don't have one of these, this is a Tervis tumbler. It's two glasses in one. Uh, insulate, so it keeps the hot stuff hotter longer, keeps the cold stuff colder longer, and no rings on the wood. It's like a coaster and a glass all in one. And we just go like this. Oh, perfect. Watch out. Margarita. Oh, that's perfection. All right, journey with me back to the console of barbecue excellence. Oh my, wonderful. All right. Uh, who doesn't love the music that's playing in the background as well? Oh, I love it. Little uh, Milk Buckner, the lean. Love it. All right. Uh, so that's my margarita. Uh, a couple things uh, as we get right into the open. First, blast off an email, if you can. Blast off an email right now. Let everybody know that you're watching the show, that they just missed out on a great drink segment again, two weeks in a row. Uh, Facebook it, tweet it, email it, outdoorcookingchannel.com if they want to watch the show. If you want to listen to it, just go to 
thebbqcentralshow.com, and then click on your audio option. A quick recap for the drive for $5,000. First of all, where the hell is anybody? Get that big out of here. A, I'm grateful that we're $3,000 in. So $2,000 shy. And let me remind you, I did get an email address from a gentleman named David who did make a $500 donation. And he said this, Greg, sent this directly to the foundation on the advice of my accountant. Yes, I do want to see you in full Guy Fieri costume, but I also want to make sure I get the tax deduction. Pretty smart, right? Absolutely. So if you want to get the tax deduction, you can go to CancerSuckChicago.com, donate directly, get that tax deduction. If you're looking to give yourself a little shelter or something like that, if that helps you get over the edge to make that donation to Cancer Sucks Chicago, reference me in the notes or the show or something that, you know, this is wanting to make me look like Guy Fieri as much as possible. So we're currently at $3,000. You can get a tax write-off, at least for a percentage, if not all of that. So you're going to want to go ahead and um, consult with your own tax person on that. But we're $2,000 shy, and I'm not going to say, this isn't something where, you know, if we come up $1,000 short, I'm still going to do it anyway. That's not exactly how it works. Uh, We we set laws, we live by rules, and this mandate sticks. It's $5,000, or we donate whatever we have uh, to Cancer Suck Chicago, which Scott will be more than happy to take, of course. Not saying that at all. Uh, but if you want to see me, it's it's got to be $5,000. A lot of people have donated. Certainly appreciate that. We're $2,000 short. Let's get on the ball. My PayPal address that I've set up specifically for this, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com, which happens to be the show email address as well. All right, let me talk to you quickly about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Look, uh, there's unsavory businesses and creeping marauders at each and every turn on the Internet. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, but sometimes you're looking for a barbecue or grilling item that just isn't stocked anywhere in your hometown or the next town over or the next town over from that. And your options have become limited. You're now forced to go online and buy what you want or you're going to have to go without it. Who wants that? pressure sets in, the neck tightens, the hands sweat. I don't want to go on the internet. I'm scared. Rest easy. I've got great news for you, folks. It's Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Fred Bernardo and the gang over there helping you relieve your internet buying stresses. They have one of the most complete, if not the most, one of the most complete inventories of barbecue and grilling items anywhere on the face of the earth. All the items that you see on Fred's website, in stock in the store, ready to ship to you directly. Now, there might be some other places where you can get some items cheaper. Look, we all understand that, but who knows when it's going to get to you? Who knows if they really have it in stock? I know for 100% assurity, this, if it's on Fred's website, it is in stock, it's priced fairly, and it's going to ship to you promptly. What else could you need? How about help after the sale? Absolutely. He's got it all. They carry grills and smokers and ceramic cookers, electric cookers, various charcoal types, wood chunks, chips, cookbooks, accessories. If they don't have it, quite frankly, and quite possibly, you don't need it. And on top of all of that, Fred carries many of the other show sponsors in his store as well. So you're almost doing like a two-for-one. You're buying a show sponsor from a show sponsor. Best of both worlds. They also carry their own Tasty Licks lines of rubs and sauces, which you have to try as well. So head on over to TastyLicksBBQ.com and let the confidence exude from you as you make your purchases online. Then enjoy your items upon delivery and, as I said, if you need help with that item after the sale as well, they are there. TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. Uh, straight back, we have some killer hog sauce for you to win. And then uh, Meathead coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back.
show where we give stuff away for no money. That's why it's free of charge. You can win. Now it's time to give stuff away. All right, your chance to win right now. All you have to do is be the first one in with an email. And I'll tell you what to put in the subject line to qualify for your chance to win a bottle of Killer Hogs barbecue sauce. It's fabulous. Tastes great. I tried it. We did it right here live on the show. If you don't want to pay for a bottle, you feel lucky enough to win it, you can do it tonight. First one in with an email in the subject line, killerhogs.com. Killerhogs.com. Spell it correctly. Spell it out, killerhogs.com. And you have your opportunity to win a free bottle of Killer Hogs barbecue sauce from Killer Hogs. And that can be found at killerhogs.com. There you go. A bottle of Killer Hogs barbecue sauce. Good luck. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back. Let's go right to the phone lines. Uh, go ahead, you're on the air. Greg. Yes? Who's this? Hi, baby. Who's, it's Becky. Who's this? Becky, hi. What's up? Are you right in the other room? I am. I, am, I have a bone to kick with you. Okay, hurry up. We got Meathead ready. I'm not hurrying. All right, go ahead. I'm not, I'm not hurrying. But you, your listeners, um wanted to see you make drinks? Um, That's what you got your emails about versus your hot chicks? No, I got a lot of emails on hot chicks as well, but it has to be video. You know what? You you failed to mention that. Well, you know. No, 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 no. You failed to mention it. What you made it sound like was that your listeners prefer martinis up to hot chicks. Well, I prefer martinis up, if at all possible. Maybe... What? I prefer martinis up. You want martinis up instead of a hot chick? No, I prefer martinis up if we're drinking martinis. Okay, okay. seriously. I like hot chicks. Who doesn't like hot chicks? Apparently you don't like hot chicks. I do. I swear to God I do. No, no, Greg. You got a lot of work to do before them girls come back on the show. All right, well, we'll see what we can do, but I have Meathead to get to. I don't care about Meathead. Tell the centralites, uh, bid the centralites a fond adieu. I'm gone. <laughs> I'm gone. I love I'm gone. That's my favorite saying right now on the face of the earth is I'm gone. I'm gone. Uh, we got to get this playing because the next guest is coming in. Look, gang, he's one of the most anticipated guests each and every week, uh, each and every week, each and every month, he's got his own theme songs we're listening to right here. You can't hurry ribs. We all know that, of course. So we race over the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Meathead Goldman, joining Oh, uh, this didn't work out very well. <laughs> Hold on. I got to I gotta get you bigger. There we go. Oh, almost. Almost. There we go. Now we're working. All right, what do we got? It's it's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Meathead. Look That's at this it. You got it. Oh, look at you. You're always uh, surprising people with your <laughs> unique hats and all of this great stuff. Meathead, how are you, my friend? 
I'm great. How's the Cleveland Cavalier barbecue? I believe we are four and eighteen, so we're miserable. Uh, yeah, we're not too much better here. Well, I hate to say it, but I believe Brownstown is coming back in vogue here in Cleveland as we've been able to string together three wins. Believe it or not. My goodness, I know. Kiss the Bears goodbye. Uh, hey, the Cinderella glass chin. If I've ever seen it. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm not a sports Hey, fan. you're sleeping on the couch tonight after the way you just treated your wife. Oh, uh, well, look, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Um, uh, he tries to, look, I, we're, look, we're not talking about it, Mita. That's the bottom line. You're going to get me in trouble? Forget about it. Um, um, after the drink set, I wanted to show you, yeah. in honor of the show, tonight's beverage is made by a company called Cartridge and Cart- Brown. Cartridge and Brown. There you go. Ah, Sauvignon Blanc. Tissue Bark. That's a good one? It's a it's an inexpensive Sauvignon Blanc, but I thought the name was appropriate for tonight. Sauvignon Blanc. Cartridge and what was it, what was the last name? Brown. Cartridge and Brown. Hey, I mean, it could be any more spot on. That's right. All right, so tonight, for the well, however long it takes, it could be the only thing we talk about tonight. Uh, but the impending, uh, well, uh, I'm sorry, Meathead, if I, if I may, Meathead, you're a Jew. Happy Hanukkah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I'm not, I don't practice uh, the religion, but, but uh, I was born and raised that way, so I uh, made latkes the other night. Potato to pancake. They are, in my mind, the best use of potato. You get these crispy shards along the edges and fluffy and creamy in the center. Because um, I can't think of a better way to eat the potato. I'll have to take your word on that. I've never had them. But, you know, uh, instead of one day, you I get eight crazy nights. That's how I understand it from uh, Adam Sandler's take. All right, here's the bottom line. One of the uh, revered dishes in the... And this portion of the holiday season is prime rib. And, you know, in a way, if I may, it, it seems to be kind of in a stratosphere uh, of, of me. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, prime rib, I guess, unlike turkey, very expensive-ish when you're looking yeah. at other things. And attached with anything that's as expensive is, I don't want to fuck it up. So now you get nervous. Maybe you're having a lot of people over and you want to screw up something, depending on how big it is, 75, 125, 150 bucks, whatever the case may be. So there is that turkey apprehension along coincides or is hand in hand with the prime rib. So we want to kind of help people along with that. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where you want to start because it's, you know, kind of a a varying encompass. So and, and we'll kind of go from there. Well, let's lay out some goals. All right. I mean, I just ordered a seven bone, which is the maximum size prime rib for a big gathering of about uh, 15 people. Usually one bone will serve two people. Um, and uh, it's costing me just under 200 bucks. Wow. Seven. Yeah. Bone. Okay. And this is not prime. I ordered um, top choice, which is choice is choice. But top choice is you ask the butcher, pick the best looking one. And... Uh, so uh, I'm picking it up on the 23rd, and I order it bone-in 
take the bone out. We'll talk about this. Um, but the goals are, okay, the goals are you got a big hunk of meat. And you want, normally, most of us, I'm going to address this audience as if they know a lot about and uh, they know that it's absolutely at its best juiciness and tenderness when cooked to about 130 degrees. You might like it on 125, some might like 135. But around that 130 mark is when it's medium rare and it's at its maximum juiciness and tenderness. Now, there's always going to be a few folks who want it well done because they think that stuff is blood that comes out of it. Right. We've talked about this before. It's not blood. Correct. It's, Greg? Myoglobin. Myoglobin. Of course. It's a uh, protein liquid that lives inside the fibers and the muscle. If it was blood, it would be dark red, almost black. It would quag. It would be right. disgusting. But this is pink and fluid. It's myoglobin. It's not blood. So we got to convince them that it's not blood and they can eat it. Um. So we want maximum tenderness and juiciness around 130, right? Correct. Are you still, are you still with it? Okay, because I had an echo and it just disappeared. Um, okay. Now, now we want a crust. We want brown, a bark. Yeah, just, I mean, it's not as deep a bark as you would get on a pork butt or a brisket because we're not cooking it as long. We're taking it off at 130 or so or less, and uh, a pork butt's going up to 190, 200, 200. This is my spot um but you still want a bark you want a crust okay um you want even color edge to edge you don't want a lot we, hey you got that picture picture number one let's show what we're talking about there you go there we go there we go Lovely. that's a uh oh. medium rare prime rib looks wonderful choice grade meat not prime and we'll talk about the difference between prime rib and choice and the, the confusion there um little Santa Claus in the background for the purposes of tonight's discussion. Um, but look at that. Bumper to bumper, pink color. Yeah, it's a little lighter pink along the edges because heat and it enters from the outside and warms the edges. But let's go to number two. That's what we don't want. That's, but that's common. And actually, it's not a bad piece of meat. That center is cooked beautifully and is going to taste gorgeous. But we've got about three-quarters of an inch here along the top of overcooked meat. That's well done. Um, and if we can minimize that, we want to try to do that. And then the, the fourth goal, I think, is we want easy carving. We want to be able to carve this up quickly and easily at the table side so we don't have juices flying all over the place and uh, ruin the uh, beautiful Christmas linens. So... How do we get there? Um, we want to start with, I order a bone in, and most butchers will actually remove the bones and then put them back on by tying them on with twine. Like underneath it. Right. Right. Now, your, yours may just give you with the bone attached, which is fine, but make sure they remove what's called the chine. Mm -hmm. This is a bone-in rib roast. And those bones are essentially baby backs. They're back ribs. This is the loin muscle that lies across the back of the animal, right next to the spine and on top of the curved back ribs. Longissimus muscle. And then around it. Can we go back to number one? Yeah. Let me go back there. There you go. Okay. If you guys are looking at this, you can, you, you can see a layer of fat in the upper left corner. To the above that 
fat is a muscle that's called the spinalis dorsi. I think and we to have the a, right of that. Don't we have a picture of that somewhere? Uh, coming. Okay. Um, and to the right of that is the eye of the ribeye. Yeah. And that's the longissimus muscle. On the pork, it's equivalent to the loin, not tenderloin, different cut of meat. But the spinalis we're going to talk about later. I want you to keep it in mind because that's an extraordinary piece of meat. And I remove it. I take it off and I cook it separately for myself. Oh, my. Uh, Christmas. We'll talk about that later. Okay. So you want to have the, the butcher remove the chine, which is the bone that attaches the ribs to the um, backbone because it makes it almost impossible to cut between the ribs. But we're not going to leave the ribs off. Look at this piece of meat you see here. Oh. It's almost perfectly round. Perfect. That's not the normal shape of a ribeye. A ribeye is more oblong. Yep. By taking the bone off, you expose more surface to hot air, and you get more crust. And everybody loves the crust. It's the best part of the meat. Oh, the you people- leave the bone on, and you lose almost a third of the surface area to, to the bone. So I'm going to take the bones off. I'm either going to make them separately on another night. I'm going to do beef ribs either smoked and, or grilled or in a braise or a Christmas prime rib, I'm going to put it and make a gravy out of it. Put it underneath Ooh. the meat drip pan, and I'm going to make gravy out of it while it's cooking. Okay. Another really important thing for making a great prime rib, you've got to have a good digital thermometer. I mean, you've got very little room to move over here, 125 to 135. And one of the things that happens when you take this baby off is it continues to cook. Correct. People who listen to me have heard me say before that it's the hot air that cooks the outside, but it's the hot layer of outer meat that cooks the inside. Yep. Can you show slide three? Slide three right here. Okay. This is just graphic interpretation of what carryover cooking looks like. When you've got the meat, that's your roast, round tube in the oven. The heat is entering from the outside, and it's heating the outer layer, the orange stuff. But the orange stuff is what heats the yellow, yep. heats the blue. Yep. Now, if you take it out at 130, that outer layer, maybe 200 degrees, it's going to continue moving heat down towards the center, and it's going to carry over cook or overheat or overcook the center. So if you take it off at 130, which is your target, by the time you get around to eating it, it could be 140, which is pale pink and medium to medium well right. and losing juiciness. So you want to get it off 5 or 10 degrees below your target, let carryover continue. Now, in this, in, in the in the, in the second picture, the middle picture here, you see what happens when you take it out of the oven. Heat goes into the center, but it also migrates out into the air. So yep. it's cooling. Yep. And I'm here to tell you, you can put a sheet of aluminum foil over it, and it is not going to give you a lot of insulation property. It'll capture a little hot air underneath it. But a lot of it's going to just escape around the edges. 
tenting it in foil does help, but not a heck of a lot. Now, after it's rested for a little bit, you can see that the heat has distributed itself. It's sought equilibrium in the center, and now all the heat is escaping from the outside. So you don't want to let it rest too long. So a digital thermometer is crucial for getting this done properly. And if you guys want to see something absolutely, totally cool, um, many of you guys know that I work with a physicist, Dr. Greg Bonder. Yes. He's a uh, guy, loves food, and he has built a computer simulator for looking at the inside of meat while it cooks. And if you go to AmazingRibs.com, go to the table of contents, go to the beef section, and find the page on prime rib and other beef roasts, go to that page, you'll see two videos from his simulator that shows what happens in a prime rib inside the meat while it's cooking and while it's resting. It's really cool. And you can see you can see what happens. And what's one of the things that's really revelatory is what happens along the edges. Um, let's see uh, number uh, four. Yeah, number four. Okay. Okay. The normal shape of the prime rib is the rib is on top. It's sort of oblong, you know, a little fatter on one end, pointy on the other. Mm-hmm. If you've ever baked brownies. Where are the best brownies, Greg? The best brownies are in my house because my wife makes the best brownies. In the, in the pan of brownies. Um, my favorite is always at the edge. I like the hard leading into yes. the chewy. That's me. Yes. yes. And why is that edge more done than the stuff in the center or even right next to it? Here's my theory. Because the pan is on one side. So you're getting heat from the pan, and then it's also cooking as well just from the convection of the heat. You're getting three sides of cooking. You're getting heat from below, yeah. heat from above, heat from the left, heat from the right. Yeah. You go into the center square, you're getting heat only from above and heat from below. So that core slice gets attacked from more sides. The same thing happens with meat unless it's round. So if you have this oblong shape, like in the top picture, your edges are going to cook faster, just like those brownies. Same phenomenon in lasagna. But if you get the bones off and cinch it up tight with rope and have a round piece like one on the bottom, you're going to get more even cooking. Mm -hmm. Let's go to number five. Go to number five here. We're talking with Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. Uh, you can find him on the Twitter at RibGuy as well. All right, here's uh, number five. Wow, this looks great. Isn't that a pretty looking piece of meat? Now, that's really just the same one, first slide, before I cut it. Yeah. It's round, and it's just evenly browned all around, and you've got this wonderful crunchy crust. One of the secrets to getting a crunchy crust is salt, and lots of it. Um, this is a large piece of meat. If you can get your meat in a couple of days in advance... Salt that baby, get the bones off, cinch it up, salt it heavily around the outside because that salt will draw fluid out. That fluid will dissolve the salt and retreat back in and it'll pull the salt in. And over a day or two, it will essentially brine itself. It's called dry brine. Yeah. And 
That helps the crust. And it also builds up a, a, a nice wet surface that will also help the crust. And then you want to come up with a nice rub. I have a recipe for a rub on my site that you might like to try. You can see there's some rosemary in there. I use herbs a lot. Not much sugar. I'm not a big fan of sweet on, on, on beef. But uh, you want that. Now, the, the next thing that's really crucial, can you go to the next slide, number six? God, this is like having a PowerPoint. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> um, you don't want to cook hot and fast. Barbecue guys know this instinctively, low and slow. They think it's a rule for fatty and tough cuts like pork butt and brisket and ribs. But it also is true for this cut of meat. All beef roasts, they're, even though they're tender and succulent. <laughs> succulent. <laughs> Greg's favorite word. <laughs> when you cook at 400, you dry out the surface more. Now, that's good. You want a little crust. But the overcooking and drying out goes deeper. Now, slide down, Greg. If you cook at a lower temperature, you keep the exterior moister. So you're going to cook this bacon. All of the cookbooks say start at 450, yep. and then after 10 or 15 minutes of browning it, turn it down to 350. Well, I got a, an old beat-up oven around here, and it takes 10, 15 minutes for that to happen. Uh, but on a good, well-insulated oven, or if you're like on a uh, backwood smoker or something, it's going to take a while yeah. for it to drop down in pan. So we're going to reverse sear it, baby. We're going to cook it low and slow to start. And then we're going to move for direct high heat and do the at the end. And we're going to get a beautiful crust that way without pushing too much heat down into the center. And that's how you get that gorgeous edge-to-edge pink color. Is, and this okay? is being done all on, uh, all on the grill? On, yeah, on I your do it smoke. on the gas grill. Often. I'm going over to my, um, my wife's niece. He's got a Weber Genesis. Um, and, uh, let's see, I'm gonna sh- let's, let's look at the setup I use. Um, Meathead, uh, let me, uh, let me put you on hold just for one second. I'm going to do a yeah. quick for, uh, the barbecue guru, and then, uh, we'll come back and uh, continue with more. We're talking with Meathead Goldwyn, amazingribs.com. You can find him at rib guy on the tweeter, also on Facebook. Uh, quickly gang, let me tell you about the longest running sponsor of the show, the barbecue guru. Look, you don't. Maybe you are a busy working professional. Maybe you have a lot of kids, uh, but you do like to barbecue, and you don't have time to sit around in 10 pit temperatures. Look, I can completely sympathize with that. Here's what you need to do. Go to thebbqguru.com and check out their full product line of automatic pit temperature control devices. Uh, It can meet your budget. can meet your level of geekdom. Uh, It can meet any type of Wi-Fi connectivity if you want. They have the CyberQ Wi-Fi, so if you have a smartphone, a tablet, a laptop, a netbook, if you have the ability to connect onto the Internet and you have it cooking at your house, you can monitor your pit temperature. You can monitor up to three different pieces of meat at the same time, so you have like four probes, basically what I'm saying. And at any point, you can just get right on and see where your pit is at, where your meat temperatures are at, 
And then if you're running a little bit behind, you can jack up the temperature. If you're running a little bit ahead of schedule, you can ramp it back down a little bit. And it all is there accessible on whatever smart device or laptop or netbook that you have, as long as you have a uh, hotspot accessibility. Now, one of the other things that the Barbecue Guru is known for is this Onyx oven. Fully insulated. It is winning on competition circuits as well as backyards all over the country. And it can hold, really, quite a bit of meat. Accommodates half and full pans for food service. It works seamlessly, obviously, with any of the Barbecue Guru pit temperature devices that you can get your hands on. So here's what I encourage you to do. Here's what I urge you to do. Go to the BBQGuru.com. That's the BBQGuru.com. Check out all their products. And if you have any questions about what to order, call them directly. They encourage you to do that. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU, G-U-R-U. And they'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Again, the number 800-288-GURU. Or you can visit the website, thebbqguru.com. They have after-the-sale help as well, just like Fred Bernardo and Tasty Licks Barbecue. It's the Barbecue Guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Uh, Ten seconds, and we'll get back to Meathead. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, All right, we are back. Uh, coming up on 20 minutes to the top of the hour. almost 40 minutes past 9. Talking with Meathead Goldwyn about prime rib. All right, Meathead, uh, you were talking about the setup that you're using in regards to, you know, how you're cooking that prime rib. Yeah, can you see? You got that picture up? Uh, uh, get number nine up. Number nine. Hold on. Hey, Greg. Hold on. Yep. I'm getting a little echo again. We've gone through this before. I, I can't remember what I did to get rid of it. Uh, I don't have I have volume on the browser turned down, yep. and I have a little bit of volume on my built-in microphone turned on so I can hear you. Am I doing it wrong? Uh, I mean, as long as you're not listening to the show somewhere else on your computer, then you shouldn't you shouldn't be getting a delay. Yeah, all right. I I can live with it. Um, I've learned how to deal with it. I'm I don't, I'll, I'll figure it out eventually. Okay, so here's the setup. That's a. Um, it's actually not a prime rib. Now, oh, oh wait, let's talk about the prime rib. It looks good. Yeah, isn't that a beauty? Um, yeah, the dog thinks so. Mm-hmm. Um, prime rib. Got its name because it comes from the rib primal. There's like, I think, eight primal cuts in a steer. So when you cut up a steer, you break it down into these, I think, eight primal cuts. And the, the, the rib section is one. The chuck section is another. Um, the uh, front leg and brisket is another. The round, which is like the ham on a hog, it's the rear leg is another. And so the, the, the rib primal is the name of the section, and so it became known as prime rib. But folks out there who know their meat know that there's prime, USDA prime, and then there's um, USDA choice and USDA select. There's 
Wagyu and Kobe, et cetera, all these different grades of beef. So it's really not prime grade rib. It's rib primal, or we call it prime rib. But if you want USDA prime, you've got to specify. And that's expensive. And it gets its price and its quality because it's got a lot of filigrees of fat running through that that eye of the ribeye. And uh, so, but choice, it's such a tender piece of meat. Choice is perfectly good. It's a lot cheaper. And if you cook it right, if you got a good thermometer and you do it right, you'll get a fabulous piece of meat. This is from just behind the prime. This is a strip loin that comes just behind the um, rib, the, the prime rib or the rib primal. And same deal. You can see on the top that little crescent feet of meat. The, the spinalis, we'll talk about that later, the fat layer, and then the longissimus muscle or the eye running down the center. Yep. And that, so that's how it goes on my grill. That's, a, that's old 15-year-old Weber Genesis that I was using at that day. It's a, I got an enamel pan or aluminum pan. I'll do it as long as it doesn't collapse. Uh, a baking rack, and you can use any rack, steal it from another grill or kitchen oven. And the meat sits on top. And underneath is, is where I put rib bone, maybe some beef stock, uh, water, some chopped onions. Uh, and I, I've got the exact concoction. But basically, I'm making a beef gravy underneath the meat. Drippings are going to get caught there. They're going to extract flavor from the bone. Now, we've talked before on this show, but not everybody necessarily listened, um, about the fact that bones do not contribute flavor to meat during a dry heat cooking method like this. When If you leave the bones on, there is no flavor from the marrow. There is no flavor from the, cal- uh, from the calcium of the bone. And there is no flavor from the sheath of connective tissue surrounding that bone that actually goes into the meat more than just a tiny, teeny fraction beyond the edges of the bone. So get the bones off and put them in here. And in wet cooking, where they're submerged with water, they will extract a lot of flavor. Now, if you don't believe me on this bone stuff, I know that flies in the face of everything you've ta- been taught, that it's sweeter by the bone and yada, yada, yada. Right. I've written about it at length on my site. Greg and you and I talked about it. There's just, first of all, meat is 75%, 70%, 75% water. It's all held into these little bundles of fiber. And marrow from the bone, if it could get very far past that thick layer of calcium around it, just can't penetrate the the marrow is almost all fat fat and water don't mix the meat is water it's same thing leaving the fat cap on your pork uh, or on your brisket it may melt and drip around the meat but it's not going to penetrate right fat and water don't mix it doesn't penetrate the meat so we take the bones off we get it round and we don't waste the bones we use them to make our gravy or our stock Although I got to tell you, I almost never need the gravy. About half the time, I just set the bones aside, stick them in the freezer, and then when I feel like it, I whip them out and I just 
smoke up some Texas-style beef ribs. There you go. Meathead okay. Goldwyn joining us here yeah. on the show, AmazingRibs.com. All right, continue. Okay. Um, speaking of the fat, I, I trim almost all the fat layer off. I want my seasoning on the muscle tissue. I want that muscle tissue to get crispy and crunchy and brown. I mean, it's just the same process to use when you're making jerky. You're drying out the surface a little, and you're getting crunchy, salty, herbaceous flavor on the outside. So I get the bone off so there's more surface area, and uh, I, I, I cinch it round so it cooks evenly, and I trim as much of the fat. Maybe a little sliver because everybody loves to taste the fat, but I get almost all the fat off of there. And I throw the fat in the pan underneath the, <laughs> underneath the, um, uh, the roast. So the fat's in there and flavor will be given up. Um, I'd like, if you can, to yep. show slide seven. Oh, we're going back up now. Okay, there you go. Okay, we all know what that is. It's a, bacon. It's, a, it's a piece of shit. Roasting rack. It's a roasting pan. Now, you got to think about this. We've talked about this when we talked about turkey. And, in fact, I have that picture that we used when we talked about turkey. It's number eight. All right. Hold on. Oh, shit. Okay. There you go. Okay. If you put your roast in that roasting pan, the walls of the roasting pan block airflow. Your meat is cooking by convection air. So if you put the meat in the pan, now the top illustration is really not very good, but you can see the sides of the pan come up on the turkey. Same thing for a rib roast. Show the top one. And if there's moisture down under here, and there is because it drips, and, if, and, and even if you're not making a gravy, you want to put some water down there so it doesn't burn. Underneath the roast, it's only 240 degrees. Above the roast, it's 325. So depending on what temperature you set it at, um, it's a lot colder down underneath the meat if you use that V-shaped roasting rack. Now, some of them you can actually flip upside down. Um, If you uh, uh, go back to uh, number nine, you can see this works just fine. Oh, shit. That's okay. You're there. Yeah, I'm there. Okay. Okay. Now we're up above the pan, and so we're getting better convection. Uh, An even better setup would be to just put the pan under the cooking grates on top of the flavor bars or on a Weber kettle off to the side and just put the meat on the cooking grates. And now you've got beautiful airflow all around. But this works just fine on a gas grill. Okay? Yep. All right. Uh, oh, one other thing. I mentioned the spice blend. I use a wet rub. I mix my spice blend with olive oil because most of the flavors in herbs like rosemary are oil-soluble, not water-soluble. So if uh, you just put it on the meat and water gets on it, it doesn't really melt the flavors as well as oil does. So I make a wet rub out of oil and the herbs and spices. Sounds great. Yeah. Now, another thing. And I think we've talked about this also, and that is letting it come to room temp. Mm-hmm. Um, I did this test. I took out a four-inch, it was a pork butt, but it was a four-inch thick tube of meat, and let it sit. It took 10 hours to come <laughs> to room temp. This whole idea, I mean, all the cookbooks say it. Take it out for an hour and let it come to room temp. Oh, my God. Just take it out of the fridge, oil her up, 
put her back in the fridge, let it sit there for me. And then when you're ready to cook, throw it right on the cook. Hell, the center is cool. So that's great. You want cool center. You don't want to overcook the center. Well, there's no sense in letting it sit at room temp, and certainly not for 10 hours. Right. And again, I've got an article on this business about how long it takes to come to room temp. I mean, three-quarter inch steak, more than an hour to come to room temp. <laughs> okay. Um, now, the final thing is is the reverse sear. So we're going to cook it low and slow to get that center even throughout. And then... Just before we're done, when the temp's floating around 120, depending on what your target is, you can take it off the gravy pan, move the gravy pan inside, filter the gravy, cook it down if you want to, and put the meat on high heat, right over high heat, so you can sear the exterior. It's already going to be getting brown on the outside anyhow, and the fact it may not need this step. But you roll it around over high heat and get it as dark as possible without burning it and last year when i did this i had a crust that was maybe a quarter inch and right below it it was pink oh it was just i mean it was just like um crackers almost on the outside it was people just raved about it I, I, i was happy with it uh it was really good um so that pretty much covers the core concepts um we can talk about other things about ordering your meat uh, I haven't been watching the questions carefully. <laughs> Somebody talks about E. coli. Yeah, leaving it sit around for 10 hours is a real invitation to microbial issues. Um, is, is anybody in the um, section there? Oh, 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 Greg, you reminded me. Yes, okay. Yeah. Greg's just put up a picture. This is not a rib primal. This is just behind it. This is a strip loin. That's a strip steak you're seeing there. And it runs about 10 inches long. And it's the, there's rib bones on this too. It's just the back of the bone of the rib section. And that's the spinalis, the rib cap. And you know, I didn't put, if you peel it, you can almost peel it off with your fingers. That piece of meat, if you think about it, if you've had ribeye steak, it almost always overcooks because it's on the outer edge. It has the brownie effect. Right. Um, that stuff, if you look at it carefully, it looks like Wagyu beef. It, does? it is unbelievably marbled. Oh. And so what I do is I peel that baby off, throw it back in the fridge or the freezer, and I cook it like a steak on another night. So as a result, I have to order more meat than I plan on because I'm peeling off a couple of pounds of spinalis. But I'm not going to let this overcook. It's too good a piece of meat. It's the best muscle on the animal, I think. The spinalis. And so I peel spinalis off. Or it, you'll see it on restaurant menus now. It's starting to show up called the rib cap. Um, so if you ever see a rib cap steak, order it. It's like getting Wagyu beef. It's just amazing. Um, it rarely is more than an inch thick. Um, but it, and, and, and if you peel the whole thing off, it almost looks like a, a large salmon fillet. It's wide at one end, narrow at the other, and a little fatter at one end than at the other. So it's not the easiest thing to cut, cook. you got to cut it up. But it is worth effort believe me um the spinalis dorsi and the longissimus dorsi the two muscles at play here look up meathead is a continual uh, encyclopedia of meat knowledge 
and we've really broken down, he has really broken down uh, prime rib. So hopefully that kind of eases a lot of people's tension as they build into this uh, potential cook over the next week or so. Uh, you can find them at AmazingRibs.com. Uh, quite frankly, we are uh, out of time. We are. We're just out can of time. I, can I have just another minute? Go. Okay. Go to slide 10. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, important right. thing in calculating cooking time is the shortest distance to the center. If you pick up the meat, balance it on your finger, you're right under the balance point, the center. How deep, what is the shortest distance from where your finger is to the center? Uh-oh. Look at these four, three pieces of meat, 10 inch, eight inch, five inch. They all take almost exactly the same time to cook. Five inch will cook a little faster, but not a lot faster because it's the thickness not the weight. All the cookbooks say, well, you've got a 12-pounder twice as long as a 6-pounder. New. No. The thickness that matters the most. And then slide 11. Oh. oh, oh. Last one. Right. Oh. This is actually a leg of lamb. It's not a beef roast. Forgive me. This is an idea that Adam Perry Lang, a great New York chef and also a barbecue cook, yep. um, and that's called the board sauce. It's olive oil and chopped herbs, and you just chop it up. And then when you cut the meat, the juices flow into the ju- into the herb and the oil, and it's phenomenal. I do it on steaks now sometimes. Perfect for a um, – um, oh, uh, I can't think of the name of the steak now. But it, this this is something you might want to try too. Unbelievably. Okay. I've burned up my airtime. No, no problem. Uh, Meathead Goldwyn, AmazingRibs.com. Meathead, always appreciate the conversation. And, of course, uh, we'll look for you again. Uh, if I don't talk to you before then, um, happy whatever you're celebrating you. uh, in this point of the month. I celebrate them all. Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah. Let's have a party. You name it. All right, there he is. Meathead Goldwyn, ladies and gentlemen. There he is. Uh, always appreciate Meathead and AmazingRibs.com. All right, uh, quickly, folks. Look, we've mentioned it a couple times now, right? Christmas, Hanukkah is underway right now as we speak. Happy Hanukkah to uh, all of my uh, Jews out there. Christmas is coming up. Uh, Kwanzaa, I'm not sure exactly when that is. Uh, So, look, you're either in trouble, you're about to be in trouble, what have you. Maybe you're in the doghouse because it has nothing to do with the holidays. Uh, You've just been a dick. And now you need to win yourself back into A, the house, and then B, hopefully the bedroom at some point, for a little sexy time. Let uh, me and let Stephen DeFranco help you get out of into the house and then into something else later, if you know what I mean. We have the perfect idea. Steve and I have decided that one of the best things that you could possibly get for your late, we call it the sexy black dress of jewelry, and that's diamond stud earrings. Look. You can never have too many pairs. One pair, ten pair. If you got 20 holes in your ears, you can put ten pair of stud earrings in those ears. It's just as simple as that. You can go to stephendefranco.com, D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O, stephendefranco.com. You can look at everything that he has to offer, and then, better than anything else that you can find at a mall store or a chain store or any of that crap, you can call Steve, 440-943-2700. Again, get your pencil down, 440-943-2700, and then ask for Steve directly. Steve owns the store. He's the guy that runs it, top men. When we talk about top men on the show, he's top men in the jewelry business. 
He will hook you up with a deal that will make your skin hurt. I don't even know what that means, but that's how much money you're going to be saving. And on top of that, he's also going to save you shipping. Uh, if you're looking for a watch, obviously he has those there. I buy my watches from Stephen Franco. There's engraving, there's batteries for life, there's the extended warranty. And, of course, everything that you get, a watch, a necklace, uh, an anklet, a tennis bracelet, an engagement ring, a diamond wedding ring, a anniversary band, you name it, ships for free. So you're saving extra money there as well. 440-943-2700. 440-943-2700. And, of course, you can look at everything that he's got at stephendefranco.com. That's stephendefranco.com, a proud sponsor of the show. And, again, everything that you get. Everything that you get from Steven ships for free. So what are you looking at? 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks in uh, shipping charges? So that stuff's got to be insured. Uh, check them out. We'll wrap it up uh, like in two seconds. Stick around. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we are back because uh, we're literally wrapping up in a matter of seconds. Uh, thanks to Meathead Goldwyn. Obviously, anything that you've uh, heard tonight, you can find at his website, AmazingRibs.com. Tweet at him, RibGuy, at RibGuy. That's Meathead. You can also find him on Facebook. Leave him uh, questions there if you want to. Always a plethora, a veritable cornucopia of information is a Meathead Goldwyn. And again, you can find him at AmazingRibs.com. Uh, we're going to step away here real quick. If you need to refuel on anything, go ahead and do that. And then we have Victor Hugo from Pitmaker. We also have Chris Lilly to help me close out the show. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show right here, and you're watching it on the Barbecue Central Networks. Scott Greenia from Fairfax, Vermont, also known as Scotty DeQ, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for a really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> You have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono, it's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate fifty four wieners. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> You could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole other type of movie. <laughs> wow, yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top men. All right, we are back for the second hour. Uh, thanks again to Meathead for joining me. 
Also, congratulations. Well, wrong mouse. Congratulations to Jason King for winning the Killer Hogs barbecue sauce. Uh, coming up uh, after this segment, leading into Victor Hugo, your chance to win the Barbecuer's Delight uh, Pellet Super Smoker Pack, I believe it's called. You get the four pounds of wood and the uh, the cast iron pot and, I believe, an autocraft book. So good prize there. And uh, we're going to be looking at... Uh, Looking at giving that away uh, in between this segment and then uh, Victor's segment as well. Very exciting. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. If you want to get in, let me know what's happening, what you're up to, all of that great stuff. Uh, let me close this out. Oh, boy. Now I've closed my entire... I don't know why it ends up on the screen anymore. Why does it end up on the screen? It's crazy. Is it somebody calling right now? Hold on a sec. You're on the air. Go ahead. Am I on the air? I just said you're on the air. Go ahead. Where are the hot chicks? Why aren't they on this week? I don't know. It's uh, it's just a month. Uh, it's just a monthly thing, evidently. This is what they told me. They've uh, they've demanded this. They've demanded monthly. Do you know the date of their next appearance? Hmm. Uh, probably a month from last week. That's all. I mean, that's that's what I'm guessing. A month from next, uh, a month from last week. So probably mid mid New Year. Mid New Year ish, eh? Yes. Well, I do enjoy the show. I do enjoy Thank learning you. about how to cook my meat good. Uh, do you like? What your... are you doing for New Year's? Are you doing anything good? Uh, yeah, we're having a big rib cook here at the house here at the compound. Huh. Awesome. Are you cooking? Are there going to be others participating in the cooking? Or no, it's just me cooking on the pit barrel cooker. It's new. I got a that new is, pit barrel cooker. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, just doing ribs. Anything else? Just uh, ribs, and um, that's pretty much all I know at the moment. But you never know what's going to happen. You could get crazy with a nice piece of meat, huh? Yeah, I've been known to, to rub some meat for sure. I've heard you have a way with meat. Well, I'm not going to say that you're incorrect. That's for sure. I know my way around well, some meat, obviously. some uh, some some that's, uh, thighs, that's and a some. Characteristic of a good husband, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Wait, 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 wait. Were you going to mention the word sausage? What do you know about sausage? Uh, I'm not a big sausage fan. Gotta be honest. I like some. Well, that's not true. I like uh, sausage uh, nicely sautéed in a skillet with some peppers and onions. How do you like your sausage? I have heard that about you. I like oh. my cook lean and juicy and slow cooked all day. Oh boy, watch out! All right, that sounds like my kind of sausage. Awesome. All right. Well, happy cooking to you, and I can't wait for the broads to be back. All right, well, uh, I'll certainly let you subscribe to the newsletter, why don't you? I, I, I will. I will. I will. I'm excited about that date. I can't wait to hear them again. All right. You're, you and I both were just waiting with bated breath. Thanks for calling in tonight. Thank you. Bye. There you go. Boom. See, those broads are... Uh, am I online? There I go. Maybe that was the problem. Uh, those broads are coming back on, and they will be on camera next time. 
wait and see. Who's this, Chad? Was Chad calling in? Sorry, Chad, if I missed you. Um, on the show next week so far, Candy Weaver, current president of the Kansas City Barbecue Society, and uh, Malcolm Reed from Heart of Bar- How to Barbecue Rights. HowToBBQRight.com is his website. Also, Killer Hogs. He provided the sauce uh, first first hour. That's just confirmed. Could be a host of others. Don't forget, I believe on, is it Sunday? Is it Sunday the 16th? 23rd? Yes, the premiere episode of Barbecue Pitmasters, the newest version, will be on Destination America, December 16th. Check your cable provider for station number, or if you actually get, or if you get Destination America. Some of the things that, uh, and if you didn't get to read it, go ahead and check out Jim Shaheen's blog. Uh, it showed up today, and he did a whole uh Thing. I'm going to go ahead and link it up into the uh, chat room here right now. Uh, but he did a whole write-up on the, the new season and all of this good stuff. Same judges as last year, Myron Mixon, Tuffy Stone, Aaron Franklin. Uh, but as he wrote, and let me read this for you, uh, let me read this passage to you. Inevitably, as is the case with Pitmasters, the new season is significantly tweaked for starters. Unlike past seasons, there is no grand champion. There is a winner on each episode, and that is it. No grand champ means no grand prize. Each episode winner takes home a trophy and $2,000, a far cry from the 2010 season of $100,000 purse or even last spring's $50,000 top prize. So you get two grand. Thanks for coming. Beat it. Uh, Another change is that this time around, the focus is on regional barbecue. The regions are Texas, North Carolina, Kansas City, Atlanta, not a barbecue region, Kentucky and Tennessee. There will be at least one true barbecue superstar among the competitors. Pitmaster Sam Jones of the legendary Skylight Inn in Aden, North Carolina, is uh, one of those luminaries. So, look, uh, do you like that? Uh, Do I like that? Man, I don't know. Um. It's it's all like a, a a pretty. I don't know how I feel about barbecue on television anymore. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see how this season plays out. Um, it always seems like it, like there's an every other season of what's good, and then uh, the network decides to take a hold and then tell the person that knows about barbecue or, or what a good show is going to be and inevitably fucks with it and decides to, to put their you know their own spin on it. Look, maybe Destination American just doesn't have cash dollar bills. Maybe the sponsorship money wasn't there anymore. I mean, who knows? But to go from $50,000 to uh, 2006, $12,000 in total prize money plus a trophy, I mean, that's a significant step down. It's like $40,000 less. So... I'll wait to see how it goes. I mean, John Marcus always uh, is doing his best to make a good product, and we'll see how it actually shakes out. That's coming up a Sunday, December 16th, Destination America. And again, chase, uh, check your uh, provider for station numbers or if you actually have the show. Uh, quickly, before we go to break, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, uh, if I'm breaking any news here, but the Huffington Post, which Meathead Goldwyn actually writes for, has declared the term... YOLO as the worst word or term for 2012. Does anybody know YOLO? 
What, what the hell is YOLO? That was evidently that had to have been popular at some point or so popular that it went over popular and became annoying. Like the term just saying. Um, not like the term I'm gone. That's the best term ever. YOLO. What the hell is YOLO? Oh, uh, Meat Inc. You only live once. Uh, never all year in 2012, and we're only mere weeks away from this year actually wrapping up and being done with, did I ever utter the term YOLO? All right. My daughter's coming in here screaming YOLO at the top of her lungs. <laughs> you know what YOLO stands for? What? Have you ever said YOLO in school? You did? Yeah. Name when the last time you said YOLO was. You really didn't? You, to who? Madison Snookface? Madison Montez. YOLO. Use it in context for me. How does it work up in a sentence? What are you guys talking about? You don't know? Yeah, all right. That's what I thought. Do what you do. I'll, I like do what you do better than yellow chatters. All right, folks, let me tell you quickly about uh, barbecuers or like wood pellets because we're going to be uh, uh, giving some of those away here prior to getting to uh, Victor. Well, you're ready to dial him up, by the way. I understand. Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets, widely considered to be the pellet resource, whether you have a pellet-fired cooker like I do, and many people do on the competition circuits or in the backyard. Um, or if you don't, maybe you want to enjoy wood smoke flavor from pellets, but you don't have a wood-fired cooker, no problem. You can go to bbqrsdelight.com. Very simple. You can peruse all of their stuff. And then you can, after you buy all of the flavors of pellets that you want, and they have a substantial amount, 14, 15 different flavors or something like that, you can get a cast iron pot, which you can buy right there on the website, and you will put it in your particular charcoal grill or smoker, and you will smoke that way through the magic of pellets. Now, the one-pound bags, all 100% flavor wood. When you buy it for your uh, as fuel for your cooker... You have this little mix going on. It's two-thirds oak, which gives that BTU burn that you have to have. Maybe you didn't know this, but different species species of hardwoods don't burn at the same temperature. Applewood burns less than, you know, mesquite. Mesquite's probably on the higher end. I mean, you have you know, oak and your hickory and your cherry wood and your applewood and your pecan and your orange and your grapefruit wood and your grape wood and all that other stuff. All this stuff burns at different temperatures. So if you don't have the heat to keep the temperature up, it doesn't matter how good the flavor is, you're not going to be able to cook anything. That's why they decide to go two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood to give you that heat, but also give you the smoke flavor that you're looking for. The base wood isn't going to oversmoke anything. You're still going to get that apple or the cherry or whatever it is. And you've got to go to bbqrsdelight.com to get yours. That's Barbecuers Delight completely sterile. You can mix and match flavors. You can smoke a meatloaf with savorier pellets. And it's going to be one of the best things that you've ever done for yourself all year. And the year's coming to a close. Hurry up. 
smoke a meatloaf with savorier pellets and just take in the succulents of that smoke. BBQRS Delight. That's BBQRSDelight.com. Uh, coming straight back with your chance to win the Barbecue's Delight Super Smoker Pack. I'll tell you how you can win that. You are listening and watching to the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Networks. As promised, you can win a Barbecuer's Delight Super Smoker Pack. You're going to get four pounds in total, one pound each bag, I believe, of uh, hickory, mesquite, cherry, and apple. I could be wrong on that. Sounds right to me. Plus the cast iron pot option, which I just talked about, and an autograph book with how to cook with pellets, cookbook or something like that. Uh, All you have to do is be the first one in with an email in the subject line. Green Mountain Grills. Green Mountain Grills. That's all you have to do for your chance to win the Barbecuers Delight Super Smoker Pack. Good luck. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back. Uh, uh, let me tell you something. Jason King is a bitch. That dude just won everything tonight. Bad news for Jason. You can't win next week. You can't win everything. Jason King, the new Don G of the show. My goodness. All right, let me get set here. Oh, what did I do? Oh, oh shit. I'm going crazy. Get the Skype off. Oh, look at that guy. Sexy bastard. All right, uh, my first guest in the second hour is a barbecue pit manufacturer rapidly running to the top of the industry. Uh, superior quality, the uh, added extras uh, that a lot of the other pit builders probably aren't doing right now or, or now they're in envy. They've been on the show once before, but after seeing them uh, again at the Kingsford Invitational uh, about a month or so ago and seeing that Kingsford pit firsthand, knew it was time to have them back on again. So let's go ahead and race back over to the hotline and uh, welcome in first time of the show, Victor Hugo from Pitmaker. Victor, how are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, thank you for having us tonight. Uh, it's absolutely my pleasure, Victor. And uh, you know, before we get into you know Pitmaker itself, uh, you know more specifically, you know, how did you get into the pit making business? Is, is barbecue something growing up, Victor, that you were always around, and uh, and pit ma- and pit making was just kind of something that followed suit? How does that whole thing happen for you guys? Um, like a destiny, being uh, around a lot of people that barbecue, plus uh, have a lot of experience with the previous company. Whenever they made my ownership, we decided to start a new company. And then when we was soldiers, the guy says, "Why are you living?" And um, it was uh, making a barbecue pit maker. That's pit maker. Victor Hugo joining me here on the show from Pitmaker, the website pitmaker.com. That's P-I-T Maker M-A-K-E-R Pitmaker.com. 
did any of the the current pit manufacturers out there? And it sounds like you uh, you might have worked for somebody there. Um, do any of the current pit manufacturers out there inspire you guys to get into this business, uh, or is this something that you just decided that you were just going to set it out and do it on your own, and you weren't really going to try and, and and be lumped into the same group of what's already out there? You wanted to set yourself apart. Um, very good question, Greg. Uh, I used to work like a company for ten years, and I was really comfortable with that company. We feel like we were in the top of the line of our business. And uh, whenever they decided I wasn't a member of that company, we start our looking at the mistakes that we was making in the company. We perfected it. The, uh, in a, the net, there's a lot of people who was talking bad about the barbecues we was making. The guys that were making barbecue pizza with pipe, they figured out the thickness of the metal. They make a superior and, and mentality. So when there we form company maker, uh, George, Julio, myself, we put all the hat on the board. We figured it out to make the most efficient barbecue pit and arrows in the other company. Hey, uh, Victor, let me uh, interrupt here just for one second. I'm going to hang up. I'm going to call you back because I'm getting a little bit of a drop on you. Just hold okay. on one second here. I'll call you right back. I hate when that happens. I hate when that happens. Oh, oh yeah, there we go. All right, sorry about that. It's okay. All right, go ahead and uh, finish your thought on that. Can you hear me now better? Yep, I can hear you good. Okay. So that's how we formed Pitmaker, um, designed to be the top mecca on making barbecue pits, looking to correct and all the mistakes that was done in the past and correct it so that way the customers has an easy operating barbecue pit. How do you end up meeting up with, you know, some of the other partners and, and some of the other people that you're actually working with? How do you how do you run into George and, and some of your um, every single member of Pitmaker uh, it was working under my management when the other company, I was told I was the president of the other company. Well, let's call it Brand X, which if you guys read it about us, we'll figure it out what is the company I was affiliated with. So George was working already there. He was the general manager. My brother was the uh, former. So he was responsible to bend in, got him making the barbecue pit. And I was more on the make sure that the customer was satisfied, make sure that it was quality and quantity, and that make it easier for us. We graduate in the other company, and, uh, you know, quality is louder than a thousand words. Victor Hugo joining me here on the show from Pitmaker, pitmaker.com. If you haven't seen one of their pits, while you're listening to this, just get on the website and marvel at, uh, at the awesomeness of these things. Uh, Victor, how many different models are you guys offering? And I guess as you kind of list them out, tell us what kind of uh, scenario you had in mind as you were setting out to make these models. Uh, being based here in Texas, you know, people is hardhead, uh, the, the brain and the heart to the offset part boxes. So we decided to be the, or the first ones to change the concept and then come up with the upright smoker and um, you know as different guys making barbecue pits upright for longer time than we have 
but having the, the mentality of a fabricator, we decided to put all the experience and make it happen. So how many different models of pits are you offering? Is there like a, I guess what you would call like a base model of, of items, or do you have, you know, three, four, five different things that you can look at and then customize from there? We have right now three models. We have the Operite, which we have the name of the vault, and the Barbecue Safe, which, by the way, is, you know, as soon as we make them, they're moving pretty fast. We have uh, two different ships working. We work 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. and 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. Wow. We have the Sniper, and we have uh, the Charcoal Grillmeister. Currently, we work with a new design that's going to be the hybrid. We're going to launch it in uh, February 2013 out of Houston. And what, is, like, what does a hybrid cooker mean? Is it going to be like a solid fuel and then like a propane type thing, or what, what does hybrid mean to you guys? Uh, it's going to be two different sources of fuel. You know, people have the mentality set up on gravity feed. People want uh, offset fire boxes. People want a pellet cooker. People want charcoal reverse flow. So pit maker we put on the board and says, you know what, let's make a barbecue pit. They answer every single question the customers might have on their burning fuel. This is going to be revealed down at the Houston Livestock and Rodeo in uh, 2013, correct? Yes, sir. And uh, I, want to all, I want to make an open invitation, Greg, if you want to be our witness, um, <laughs> it will be my pleasure to invite you to come over to witness the biggest barbecue rodeo in the world i mean uh you know you know i want to be there no doubt about that now open invitation right open invitation uh last year we have uh toughy stone he witnessed it we have johnny trick we have rap gray with from pellet envy all those guys he was just amazed or the type of pitmaker throw at the rodeo houston we had the biggest ten and party in the whole rodeo I'm actually getting a whole bunch of uh, instant chat here on the thing saying that Pitmaker throws like the biggest party down there, so it sounds like it's uh, off the hook. You definitely have to witness. We Pitmaker spend over a hundred thousand dollars in three days. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of money now. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of responsibility too because we have around eight hundred people per night, and wow, you know, it's little. Bit of a ten ten back to all our customers for for being there for us, for supporting us, and um, you know for the our years become a success of pitmaker. Sounds like a great time, Victor Hugo, joining me here on the show. All right, Victor. So if you could kind of give me a, a little bit of a like a general idea of how the order process works. If I'm going to go up, or if I'm down in your neck of the woods, I stop in. How does that process go from start to finish? You know, as I said, if I call you or if we're stopping it. Uh, normally, the, the incoming calls, they, we have a great element. His name is Peter Hernandez. He's the general the sales manager, and he's who started the process. He get into the customer, talk to them to see what is uh, the cooking technique. And from there, we, we give us options. Uh, no other barbecue manufacturer, because I don't think they like him. They're liking to call pit makers no more since we found that name. So we started from there. All right. So 
Would you say that when you're building pits that you have, let's call it like a you know, people are working off a, a base model of whether it's a vault, whether it's a sniper, uh, whether it's a, or a dual axle trailer version, do you have any idea like what percentage of people come in and say, I just want whatever the stock is and they order from there? Uh, or is it a much larger percentage of people that are going in, they see what the stock models are depending on you know what they're looking at, and then they go ahead and, you know, what I would say, make it their own or start to customize and, and put on all these other extra things? You start by getting the attention of the customer. Whenever they make the, they make the decision of calling or coming to the shop, you, we have to give it the experience of the life and knowledge. Different uh, people just want to give it, this is the barbecue pit, the best. We like to show it why. You know, pit makers about heat management control so that way you teach them how the heat flows on the chamber, uh, the fuel source. And then from there, we tell the customers, hey, everybody has a black barbecue pit. Let's paint the color that you like it. Let's put your, your taste on it. Let's design it where you can have a griddle, a burner. You want to paint. You want to do a custom paint job. You want to throw some candies. You want to throw some different rings, LED lights, because every single one is different. It's like fashion. You have to scoot them on the knees. So when the customers come in here, Greg, it feel like a little kid in the candy store. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it seems like the options are, you know, just almost unlimited. And, you know, you go to YouTube or you go to your website and you see, you know, kind of like you said, if you go to a, a lot of the, the, the more, uh, I don't want to say well-known, but more of the, the established pit makers like a close, like a, uh, like a gator pit, like a Bates, they're all black. They're all tubes. I mean, certainly you can get a bunch of different add-ons there, but more, I guess, um, by and large, they, they look similar. It's black. It's tube. You might have a, a round firebox. You might have a square firebox, but they kind of look the same. You know, the pit maker really sets itself apart with that whole custom paint job that you can do. And as you said, you can put a freaking TV in that thing. You can put LED lights. The thing that you guys had, like the American Royal, looked like it. The only thing was missing was a crystal ball or uh, like a disco ball because it had the LEDs and the TV. It was like outrageous. Is that like the norm when people are coming in? Do they put TVs and all the LEDs and stuff like that on? Now, since we start design, uh, we've been pushed for customer demand to make a different design on the TV, which is coming up to. Uh, Kingsport just acquired by a new trailer from us, which all the uh, your audience can go to grilling.com and they can see the trailer. The pit maker is working on it right now. That's going to have the brand new design with the, um, the functionality of the trailer. They give it the options to paint it, like you was mentioning. And, um, you know, I don't want to offend any other guys that make barbecue pits, but anybody can go buy a pipe, cut it off, make the fire box, and call it this is a barbecue pit. Pitmaker was formed to make a barbecue pit which pours the heat flow around the cooking chamber. And, you know, anybody has access to make a pipe, to buy a pipe. No, just, just buy a pit and make you a, well, a pipe with a square fire box to make you a pit maker. So different directions make it unique. You know, I, have, I do have respect for every single pit manufacturer, but that's what we love. We love to be challenged. We like to be pushed to the edge to make the next generation of barbecue pits. 
Victor Hugo joining me here on the show on the website pitmaker.com. You can also follow him on Twitter if you want, at pitmaker. You know, I think one of the things that should be pointed out as well, aside from the fact that you can buy a custom pit maker, obviously, at Pitmaker, you're not only making the own, your own brand of pits, but you guys can also fix or modify pretty much any other cooker that's out there on the market today. Do you have a breakdown of what percentage of businesses is modifying or fixing other stuff versus what you're just doing on your own? Um, great question, Greg. Um, we have customers that already have existing barbecue pits. They invest their money. But they already find that, they, hey, I'm wasting a lot of money, a lot of time. I'm finding the temperature is fluctuating. Okay, we can cut this box and uh, put a barbecue safe. That's how the safe come alive. We decide to make a small footprint because the labor is the same to make the vault is the same. Uh, the same. So I would say 25% right now is modifying existing uh, trailers to put more equipment. You know, people already have the mentality. Pit maker is a barbecue to cook for competition, to cook perfection. If you want to do a throwdown, a lot of people just like to throw the fire, uh, the, the wood, the charcoal, and just you know, two songs. They have a cool song. Let me ask you this here before I let you go. We got a couple minutes left, Victor, and I appreciate the time tonight. You know, in general, if somebody's coming in. Or if somebody's just considering a you know an offset or a volt style cook, you know what advice or counsel are you giving to somebody when they're looking to buy a pit? Somebody's just walking in. What are like the two or three main things that someone should take into account, regardless of the manufacturer? Biggest thing is listen to the customer. Let the customer tell you the cooking technique. What does the expert have? And then from there, we have to give it that knowledge. And then from there, I think it's a pretty easy decision that turns down to either the barbecue safe or the barbecue vault. Even though that we make the, the sniper, I will put the sniper against any other offset power box, and we will prove them with the facts that we make the best offset fire box. What makes the offset fire box so much better than you know what else is on the market? Uh, I... I really believe so, yes, sir. Um, we have the facts to prove. You know, if you want to insulate the firebox, Pitmaker has stainless steel insulated doors, which we come up with the design. A lot of people are following our steps now. If you guys do the search, I would say the Pitmaker took the initiative to be the first one. Um, and then from there, different guys that just feel like they copy our steps and then follow our, our trail. Victor Hugo joining me here on the show. Um, where are you guys going to be? I mean, is is the next exhibit that you guys have going on in Houston, or are you going to be somewhere else here before the year's up? We're planning to be in San Antonio Rodeo uh, Cook-Off. We're going to be in Onboard Cook-Off. We, we, uh, we're going to be going uh, around the United States. Now we're going to take the bar- uh, barbecue circuit. Pitmaker is coming out with a, a new blog and uh, forum. So that we're going to be responding to questions live. We're going to be Skyping from cook-off so people can see how pitmaker cook, prep the meat, how easy it is to maintain the temperature. We have videos coming up in 2013. You mentioned the pitmasters. We have the opportunity to have Ernest Cervantes with Born Bean Company using our barbecue addiction on on the, on the contest. So all the audience can check it out, the, the pit maker in action uh, at December 16th. 
Sounds like an awesome time. Victor Hugo joining me here on the show. Again, pitmaker.com is the website. Uh, Victor, one of the partners of Pitmaker brand of barbecue pits and grills. You can find them at pitmaker.com. Victor, appreciate the time so much tonight. Continued success to you guys. Uh, appreciate having me, Greg. Anytime, and the, um, the invitation is open, so we're hoping you can make it to the last show on Rodeo Houston 2013. We'll see if we can hook it up. There he is, Victor Hugo, Pitmaker. These things, wow, they look, they're so nice. Really, they're so nice. Let me drop Victor. I'm going to get ready for this guy. You know who that guy is, right? You know who that guy is. All right, uh, quickly, let me tell you about Butcher Barbecue. ButcherBBQ.com is the website. Uh, maybe you have made the mistake of, well, you didn't make the mistake of figuring out you wanted to inject. That's a good thing. Maybe you didn't buy initially from Butcher Barbecue. Time-tested products, the winning, the reliability, the good scores, all of that stuff. You kind of get jammed up by another manufacturer. You don't know what to do. Well, don't throw it out. Don't do that. Do anything but that. As a matter of fact, go over to ButcherBBQ.com right now. And at the uh, top right of his navigation on his webpage, you'll see a thing that says Trade-In Program. What is that? Glad you asked. You have uh, three, four pounds of brand X. Go to ButcherBBQ.com. Print off the slip. Stick that in the mail along with your commercially made rub, whatever's left. They will get it in the mail. They'll weigh it. And then in return for you trading it in, he will give you back pork injection or beef injection or the prime injection, which people have clamored for and he put out on the market as well recently. You will get it. It's pound for pound trading. You've never been able to do that before. No other injection company is going to sit there and say, oh, you don't like our stuff? Well, you know, we'll refund you the difference of your poundage. Dave has decided to not only make his customers happy, but his competition's customers happy as well when they've decided that they're sick of seeing the scores tumble, they're sick of getting the accolades from the neighbors, the friends, all of that stuff. Something changed. What changed? It's the injection, of course. Send the stuff back. It's got to be commercially made. Just don't whip up something from scratch. Throw it in a cellophane bag and send it off to Dave, knowing that you've uh, swindled him out of some of his wonderful products. It doesn't work like that. As long as it's commercially made, you print out the slip, you fill it out, and you send it in the mail back to Dave. He will weigh it. All weigh-ins are final from Dave, and then he'll get back in touch with you. You can specify whether you want the pork injection, whether you want the beef injection, uh, or whether you want the prime injection. It's completely up to you. You will get those, one of those three items back in the exact same weight of the stuff you're sending in to get rid of it. You don't have to throw it out anymore. No way. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. I know I do. All right, we'll come back right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, uh, welcome back. 
877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Uh, helping me close the show tonight, one of the most recognizable people in our industry, successful in both restaurant side of things, the competition arena, uh, of course, most recently in the cookbook side of things as well. And the team fresh off a win this past weekend. And we're going to recap it here right now. So let's go ahead and race over the hotline and grab pitmaster of Big Bob Gibson's Chris Lilly joining me here on the show. Chris, how are you, buddy? Doing fantastic, Greg. How about you? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Chris. Appreciate you asking. Um, you know, if we could harken back even before we talk about this past weekend to a fine weekend in September, the 22nd to be exact, uh, you competed in and won the Bare Bones Barbecue Competition in Oakland, California. Uh, this past weekend, you compete in the uh, and win the King of the Smokers competition put on by Big Papa Smokers and, and Sterling Ball over in La Quina, California. Both of these competitions were billed as these returns to old school or, or traditional style barbecue. Now, that's to be sure, but the idea and the theme was very similar. Could I possibly surmise that as we sit today, right now, at the end of 2012, that Big Bob Gibson's is the best old school or traditional barbecue cooking team in the country right now? You know, if 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 that is so, it's definitely not because of me. It's because of the uh, tradition and the um, and how I was taught. You know, it goes back to Big Bob Gibson in 1925. We started. Uh, started our restaurant here in Decatur, Alabama. So um, I'd like to throw back to him if that's the case. But, you know, it's, uh, you got to have a little luck to win these contests. But uh, I enjoy the restrictions. Uh, I enjoy uh, being out of my comfort zone or more. Let me put it this way. I enjoy other teams being out of their comfort zone. <laughs> but uh, I, I like cooking on just about anything. And um, the more restrictions, the better. I guess for the people that don't know or weren't really familiar with the ins and outs of this particular competition, are you able to explain this event uh, to a certain degree and I guess why it was unique compared to some of those other barbecue competitions that folks might be a little bit more familiar with? Well, this particular con- contest was uh, it was no gurus, uh, no electronic temperature controls or pit, uh, pit temperature controls. Um, that was, I think that was about it. No pellets. It was pretty much just wood and charcoal. Um, back to the back, you know, back to the old style grill, and that's something that I've always enjoyed doing. You know, just cooking with wood and charcoal, just keeping it clean, and um, and uh, you know, just the cool thing about it. Both contests is I actually flew out to California, and um, the first the bare bones contest, everybody was using the same uh, very very inexpensive offset smoker and then uh this contest uh, sterling ball was kind enough to lend me two of his cookers um he lent me a metal creek um reverse flow cooker and he lent me a moto motto which is a stand-up ceramic uh smoker grill and uh it worked out so aside from winning which is great What's the best part of that contest for you? Is it is it the no restrictions and getting people that, that would normally be in a comfort zone out of their comfort zone? Is it the setting? Is it the people? Is it the crowd? Is it the foundation that people were giving back to? What's the best part of that weekend for you? I think the best comp- the best part of the was the field. Um, 
uh, I don't do very many tests and the contest that I choose, I really like to be going head to head against the best. Um, and uh, wow, uh, if you look down the list of who all was there, uh, it, was, it was just a list chock full of champions. And so the field was definitely number one for me. Secondly is uh, having the time and getting to know some of the teams that I rarely get to compete against. Uh, that would definitely have to be number two. Um, the competition itself and winning is, is, is down the list. You know, you've got to throw a venue and how well we were treated, King of the Smokers, in probably even before, uh, you know, winning the competition and, and, you know, cooking with all the restrictions. It was just an unbelievable way to finish the year, win, lose, or draw. Um, I would I would have been certainly glad I made the trip out to Cali. A lot of competitions, Chris. I mean, you don't do you know thirty, forty a year, but you know over time you've accumulated a number of competitions under your belt. This is a first time event. It's invitation only. It's a I mean, it's a sanctioned KCBS event. But you don't get points. It's a competitor series because it's an invitational. How do you think it was run, and, and what are some of your initial questions on how this event came off? You could hardly consider this a first-year event by the way it was run. It was run um, probably better than any any barbecue contest I've I've been to. Um, you know, from the entry fee to the comped room to where you stayed. We're actually in a cabana. We stepped right out of our front door of the cabana, and there sat our cookers with a tent with a uh with coolers and supplies and they provided the meat which is another fantastic thing i liked about the the event and that everybody had the same meat it drew everybody basically to the same starting point Everybody really had the advantage um you know as far as the event as a whole that i guarantee you teams that went this year will be begging to come back next year and the teams that were were not in the event should very seriously consider trying to get into the smokers. Chris Lilly joining me here on the show. BigBobGibson.com is his website. Uh, you can follow him on the Twitter at LillyBBQ if you want to do that as well. You know, I had a, a King of the Smokers roundtable last week with three of the teams that took part, uh, Tippy Canoe, Pigskin Barbecue, and Big T's. Is and you kind of mentioned this just a couple seconds ago, but I want to get your take on it. Is there ever a concern on your part when you don't have the ability to actually physically pick out the meats that you're going to be competing with? When you go to Memphis in May, you know it's not like somebody's just giving you whatever they got off the rack. I mean, you're spending time. You're probably calling a uh, a meat purveyor, or you have like a secret honey hole of stuff that you're going to go to to give you that best shot at winning because it's what you're used to. When somebody else is providing it, is there any apprehension on your part, or is it all good? Well, obviously, I prefer to pick out my own meat, as as does most other teams. Um, if anything, that's probably a disadvantage to me because I pride myself in being able to, to choose the best meat when it's in its raw state, and I look at that as an advantage to the Big Bob Gibson cooking team without a doubt. Um, but, again, I like restrictions. I like, I like a challenge, uh, and, and the challenge here is everybody starting with the same meat, uh, I have no problem with it. Look, I'll cook in any contest anywhere as long as everybody's following the same rules and um, and we know in advance what the rules off are. Um, 
I, I don't know. It's something about restrictions and something about um, the pressure and taking you out of what you're normally accustomed to that excites me. Uh, I like the restrictions. Um, you know, I, I know I can handle them, and I'm confident, you know, no matter what's thrown or put my way, that I can overcome and, you know, and, and at least at least put up a good showing. You've done very well at, at Memphis and May. You've done very well at, at competitions. And as I stated a little bit earlier, you're not a guy or a team that is out there clicking in 35, 40 contests during the course of the year. So the very few that you do and when you're as successful as you have been, does it make it? at all a, a little bit or, or a lot of bit sweeter we're able to go against some of these other guys that are doing it pretty much weekend in and weekend out and and taking grand champion over these oh it's definitely sweet it's sweet knowing the <laughs> caliber of teams that i competed against in california knowing that uh that these teams are some of the best teams in, in the country without a doubt in the hottest team in the country uh very currently are doing doing great things barbecue so it's very sweet. Uh, uh, it also makes it sweeter that I was able to fly out there and uh, borrow two cookers that uh, that weren't mine, and you know, firing firing them up for the first time. Uh, the week I'd absolutely never seen or compete or cooked on before. Uh, I will admit, though, that I have a Komodo Komodo on my back porch, so I was very familiar with how it operates, and I cooked exclusively my chicken on the KK out in out in California and uh, ended up winning the chicken category, which in the past has been my Achilles heel in a lot of these big competitions. Yeah, and you won that event, by the way, or that category, which we'll get to here in a second. You know, at the Bare Bones event, and you talked about it when you were kind of recapping that, everybody cooked on the same pit. Uh, here, people, as long as it wasn't pellet-driven or didn't have those automatic pit temperature controls, people could you know, drag them in or ship them in UPS or whatever uh, they do to get them in there. Uh, and as you said, you kind of rock star in, and you're not cooking on anything that is necessarily familiar to you except for the uh, the Kamado, which you do have. Would you have liked to have seen uh, all the teams cook on a same pit, kind of like a, a bare-bones thing to, to even a little bit more, or did not that make uh, that big of a difference? <laughs> that would have been awesome. I would have loved that. Yeah, yeah. Give us all the same equipment. Let us cook on it. Uh, that would have that would have been fun. I would have liked to do that. But uh, you know, I'm. It's you know, you know. Next year, who say I might have my own stuff out there? You know, just as long as everybody's competing with the same rules, that, that is definitely uh, fine. But you know, Alabama that's a stroke. <laughs> Alabama to California? Are you kidding me? <laughs> that is, uh, you know, tack on two and a half days. Before and two and a half days after, no way I can give up that much time. Yeah, that's uh, that's a long bout, no doubt. Um, Chris Lilly joining me here on the show, kind of recapping King of the Smokers. Chris, it was another really close finish, and it seems like this year, you know, out of a, out of a lot of past uh, years in competition, you know, we're talking five tenths of a point, we're talking hundreds of a point, we've talked like thousands of a point a few times this year. Uh, you edge out Rob McGee and Munch and Hogs at the Hilton by five tenths. You win chicken, second in ribs, then Rob gets you on the backside at pork and brisket. And when you redact it down, ribs ultimately put you over the top by that half point. Were you happy with the pork and the brisket turn-ins, or did you feel like you potentially left something on the table or that door open a little bit for Rob to potentially come up and grab you at the end? Um, you know, after the first two calls, first two calls were first in the chicken and second in ribs. Um 
I felt really good after that uh, after that point. But then teams, all these teams started getting multiple falls. Um, I knew I had an ace in the hole with brisket. Uh, brisket in our the whole team's opinion was our best earning category, uh, which turned out our scored category, of course. But <laughs> but in my mind, turn in was our brisket. Uh, so I I had as an ace in the hole. So I felt really really good. There were like teams with multiple callouts, including Munchin Hall with three calls. It, you know, it came down to the wire. Uh, Munchin Hogs got called, I believe, third place. But then you had Three Eyes Barbecue. What a hot team they are. Oh, totally. They had two extremely high calls, including a, a first place. So I, you know, down to last call, I was extremely worried or extremely excited both about who was going to be grand champion. When you get the call, and uh, you know Sterling was, I uh, was kind of talking off air with him uh, a little bit this morning, and how they had it set up, and it was all like Deloitte certified and almost like Academy Awards. Uh, so nobody knows exactly what's happening, and everybody's kind of learning at the same time. When you hear your name called, and it was kind of funny because you were kind of like the the MC. Well, not kind of. You were the MC at the Kingsford Invitational. And you're able to announce a winner, uh, which ended up being Yazoo's Delta Q. So when you're on the when it's uh, reversed and you're being called out, what are some of those emo- initial emotions that hit you as you realize that you've just won a, a pretty big first time event? Um, you know, I was excited to, to, for the win, but I was excited for my team also. Uh, I had uh, Big Hoss Ken Hess with me. I had my brother Owen Lilly with me. I think it was just a a just a a moment to, to spend with my team jumping up and down and screaming that uh, that we pulled it off. Um, we put, you know, I took this I took this contest very seriously. Um, I looked at it as a major, uh, you know, especially with the Calvins that were going to be in there. And it's something that I really uh, worked in my kitchen uh, at the restaurant towards. Um, I worked on my chicken, I worked on my ribs, and, you know, ultimately paid off. So uh, knowing how much time I spent working towards a win at the petition, it was very, very meaningful when uh, Sterling called our called our name. And to be the first, the king of the smokers, which I think after competing in this contest, it definitely has legs and this could turn into something very, very special. Um, and I was proud to be called. Chris will be joining me show recapping King of the Smokers, uh, which took place in Laquina, California, put on my Big Papa Smokers and uh, Sterling Ball. Chris, let me change gears on you here real quick. We just got a couple minutes left here. You know, when we were down at that Kingsford Invitational, there's a guy by the name of Harry Sue who said something that kind of, I don't want to say it shocked me, but it, it, it took me aback a little bit. And it's not the tang to add color to the chicken. That's a whole different discussion for another <laughs> I thought day. that's where you were going with no, it, no, no. Greg. It's, and I did not add tang to my chicken this contest. <laughs> he he it, he's on a uh, a proverbial mission of sorts in teaching in classes and telling what he knows about that to stop cooking chicken. It's it's fine. It's ready. It's safe. And he's turning it at 140 degrees internal temperature. You're looking at 20 25 degrees of off of what FDA is recommending. Uh, a, did you hear about that? And if you did, I kind of wanted your take on that position. Would you turn in 140? five-degree chicken at competition or or in the restaurant? 
You know, I did not hear him say that personally, but I did hear a lot of people talking about it. Um, um, there's no, there's no way I would, especially when you're talking dark meat and something for competition. I mean, was he talking breast meat? Was he talking uh, dark meat or his quick competition turn in? I'm not really sure. I can't really speak to it because I don't know what he said. But personally, when you ask me, would I turn in 145 degree internal chicken? Dark meat, absolutely not. White meat, no, but I will sneak down below USDA guidelines for white meat, but there's no way I would go down to 145 degrees because the I don't think you're losing anything jumping it up to 156 degrees or something, 155 degrees, and then it rests. Up, up, up the temperature towards the 160 mark. I don't think you're losing a whole lot. Maybe a little bit of moisture, but uh, turning in a 145 degree chicken, you know, he could be. Maybe it is safe. He could be right. But uh, I'm not going to turn in breast meat chicken at in the middle. Yeah, that might uh, might turn a few stomachs. And uh, I get I got him on next month, so we're gonna you know obviously kind of hammer down, drill down all the core issues there. Uh, anything going on with you before the end of the year? Before I let you go, Chris. Oh, it's my last uh, trip of the year. Thank goodness. Traveled more than ever this year, so I'm just ready to chill at home and uh, enjoy the holidays with my family and spend a little time at the restaurant. Uh, one project I am working on is second. So I'm uh, working on manuscript recipes as we speak and uh, be looking for another uh, book uh, published and out and released in the spring of 2014. All right, so we'll look for that. Chris Lilly, pitmaster of Big Bob Gibson's. Uh, Chris, always appreciate the time. Have a great holiday, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Greg. Take care. You got it. There he is. Chris Lilly, Big Bob. Boom. So, look, you get a guy like that who, I guess what I find impressive, uh, A, he's a, a delightful human being when you actually meet him in person. Uh, I mean, I guess you never know. I mean, nobody ever knows what anybody's like, right, until you meet somebody in person. Uh, but he was an absolute blast to talk to and, and talk barbecue with and, and then not talk barbecue with as well. Just you'd be out in a social setting. So, um, you know, just a great guy to be around. Um and uh, very impressive that he won, you know, the, the, the traditional barbecue events of the year. Bare Bones and uh, Sterling Ball's Big Pop Smokers. So congratulations to him and to the rest of the team of Big Pop Gibson. Sorry. Uh, we redacted it back to the first hour. Meathead talked about everything that had to do with prime rib. Hopefully you feel a little bit better about that now. Relax, deep breaths, amazingrib.com. Everything will be fine. Also... Thanks to Victor Hugo from Pitmaker talking about their brand of pits. And obviously Chris Lilly from Big Bob Gibson's talking about their win at King of Smokers this past weekend. If you uh, use raw cast iron, okay, what I tell you? Season it each and every time. Not everybody's covering it all the time. Something happens. Hit a little pan, a little Crisco as it starts to cool down. Let it bake back in. Give you years of rust-free, generations of rust-free service. You can pass them down to your kids. They can pass them down to their kids. You know the list. Also, September 11, 2001. I will never forget. We're jam-packed for next week. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now.